heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Interestingly to me, I always love this, friends, when you look back in history and you'll hear a speech at times that was made, and there are multiples of them that come to your mind, and you think, oh my God, I remember that. And the way it resonated, you know what I mean? The richness. But those speeches, oftentimes you have to hear the tone of how it's being delivered uh, and the words that are being used and that moment of time, what's being said. And that's kind of where I'd like to start today a bit as we look back at uh, this really interesting moment of time back in 1961. Uh, you remember the Bay of Pigs, the coverage that was happening with that. Yeah, the world, you might say the world was at a, uh, uh, some people would call it a tipping point. It was a very interesting moment. Uh, and, uh, you know, there are points now where we talk about how things are playing out now with Ukraine and Russia that, uh, some would suggest or, you know, have some similarities, I guess, you know. There's a lot we can learn from history, friends. There's a lot we can learn from our past leaders like JFK back in 61. There was a very interesting speech he had. And you probably know this, many of you would know, the president and the press was indeed the address. And it was before the American Newspaper Publishers Association. Now, remember, this is before the Internet, really, and technology had really started to take off. Uh, so when he references the American Newspaper Publishers Association, you know, today that would probably be addressing the Internet world. You know, I mean, it's all moved forward. But we're talking about the press here is who he's talking about and many of his reference points. So today, as we peel this with you on The Voice of a Nation, I want to jump right to it now, and I want to play an excerpt from that speech. Now, the speech, to be sure, as I recall, I think it's about 20 minutes or so. We're not going to play all of that. But we've isolated about, oh, about, about three minutes or so of this speech that I think lay out the tone and the words. I want you to listen carefully, okay? Listen to the tone. Listen to the words he uses, you know, ironically, it's almost like he would have this speech today. You could almost hear this speech being said right now to the social media oligarchs. You see what I mean? And all of that group. Uh, but let's do that. And then we've got some really special guests. We'll get into this program more and begin to peel this takeover of a, over a globalist and the government bureaucracies uh, we're struggling with today in our nation, friends. Uh, here we go. John F. Kennedy, April 1961. Uh, buckle up and let's listen in, please. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, 
or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. But I do ask every publisher, every editor, and every newsman in the nation to re-examine his own standards and to recognize the nature of our country's peril. In time of war, the government and the press have customarily joined in an effort based largely on self-discipline to prevent unauthorized disclosures to the enemy. In times of clear and present danger, the courts have held that even the privileged rights of the First Amendment must yield to the public's need for national security. Today, no war has been declared. And however fierce the struggle may be, it may never be declared in the traditional fashion. Our way of life is under attack. Those who make themselves our enemy are advancing around the globe. The survival of our friends is in danger. And yet no war has been declared. No borders have been crossed by marching troops. No missiles have been fired. If the press is awaiting a declaration of war before it imposes the self-discipline of combat conditions, then I can only say that no war ever posed a greater threat to our security. If you are awaiting a finding of clear and present danger, then I can only say that the danger has never been more clear and its presence has never been more imminent. It requires a change in outlook, a change in tactics, a change in missions by the government, by the people, by every businessman or labor leader, and by every newspaper. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. Confident that with your help, man will be what he was born to be, free and independent. The vision that Kennedy had, and there was an interesting statement, and the reason I start with that in today's broadcast is for the next two gentlemen I want to bring on to the program here, very, very two distinguished gentlemen here. Joining us on The Voice of a Nation, Bonner Cohen is here. He's a senior fellow at the National Center for Public Policy Research. And Dr. Jay Lear is here as a senior policy analyst with the International Climate Science Coalition. He's a former science director of the Heartland Institute. And uh, good to have both of you gentlemen here. Now, there was a fantastic two-part series, which I so enjoyed. If you read it yourself, friends out there, and if you missed it, as you're listening to this broadcast, 
uh, on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com on that left sidebar, which I always point out to you under notables, you'll see those two uh, uh, essays, if you will, or they're also under Dr. J. Lair uh, in the menu, how the left succeeded and why the left will not win. They are fantastic and they lay out a very compelling case. In these two pieces, Dr. J. Lair, I'd like to start with you and if you'd help us out, uh, bridge that speech that we just gave with JFK. And you say in this uh, first part of this two-part essay, uh, President Kennedy recognized what was happening, which likely led to his assassination. Give us a sense, take a moment or two and tell listeners why this speech was so important, how it relates to today's struggles we're experiencing, Jay, would you? Uh, over 60 years ago, John F. Kennedy recognized what has happened to us today. He foresaw the undercurrent, really, of, of communism and evil trying to take over the world and certainly our country when most of us were sleeping at the switch. We only understood what was happening right before our faces on a daily basis we did not realize there was an intrigue moving throughout the world, slowly trying to take over. And what amazed me was when I heard uh, our guest also today, Bonner Cohen, uh, give a speech last August. He went back even before 1961 and was able to trace Back into the 1930s, he'll tell us more about a, a man who was one of the founders of the Communist Party in Italy, who literally laid out a plan uh, exactly as John Kennedy described it in that speech, that to take over the world, uh, we have to do it precisely and carefully and uh, under the recognition of the public. And his plan was to take over every institution in the world, really, and certainly in the United States. And I can say as an expert on the global warming fraud, mm -hmm. it is amazing to me that these people have taken over every single board of directors of every scientific association in America. They did it slowly. I liken it to in high school when we dissected a frog, we put them in warm water and slowly raised the temperature of the water such that the frog never realized what was happening to it. Well, that's exactly what has been happening to society throughout America and the world. For many, many decades, we had no idea uh, what was going on. And I think Bonner can uh, explain it even better, has more knowledge of how this plan began in Italy in the 1930s. Uh, Jay, that is uh, just a perfect uh, opening uh, sequence of thoughts here. It became very apparent to me that this stuff is not accidental. It is clearly happening with a plan as a conspiracy, not a theory, but a real conspiracy to do something. Pick it up from there and... How do we tell listeners the importance of what we're speaking about historically? 
Well, Jane made reference to one of the founders of the uh, Communist Party of Italy. And the gentleman he was referring to was one Antonio Gramsci. Now, Gramsci was, on the one hand, a dedicated communist. On the other hand, however, he had thought well beyond the conventional wisdom of communism at the time, and he recognized that the proletariat was not about to rise up, overthrow the bourgeoisie, and set up a dictatorship of the proletariat uh, along conventional means. He said, no, that is not going to happen. And indeed, if it wasn't going to happen in the 1930s, when the world was in the midst of a deep recession and there was turmoil, uh, through, including massive unemployment throughout the world, if it wasn't going to happen then, when was it going to happen? So what Gramsci said, no, we need to take a different approach. What we will do is we will take over institutions and we will transform those institutions from within. And he referred to this as the long march through the institutions. And indeed, it would be long, uh, getting back to the, 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 the slowly but surely boiling frog. This is something that didn't take years. It took decades. But the purpose of the exercise was to infiltrate institutions. We're not just talking about government bureaucracies, but we're talking about them too. Uh, we're talking about boardrooms. We're talking about school boards. We're talking about private industry, such things as well, the NFL or Major League Baseball, uh, professional associations, mm. medical associations. Yeah. All of these various institutions retained their name, but their content changes slowly but surely over time so that they wittingly or unwittingly uh, become tools of forces that, that originated far outside their confines. Mm. You wow. can see it today uh, in <clears throat> everything from, well, uh, my father was an architect and he belonged to something called the American Institute for Architects, the AIA. Mm -hmm. And the AIA for many years was your typical professional trade, a professional association. They looked after such things as the qualifications to become an architect, whether the various schools of architecture uh, were up to date in their and uh, what they taught students and uh, developed professional standards and what have you. Today, the AIA, like many other professional associations, has been transformed, and it is now an instrument of what we can call deep green policy, mm -hmm. namely uh, that they are recommending building codes which supposedly are climate friendly. Well, whether they're climate friendly or not uh, is up to debate. What they really are are <clears throat> building codes specifically designed to benefit one segment of uh, the economy, namely those purveyors of green technologies that go into buildings. Now, for the average member of the AIA, the average member may not even notice that. But what happens is this is not your grandfather's AIA. It's mm -hmm. a completely different institution. 
It bears the same name, but it now pursues a completely different agenda. And you can get that example of the AIA and you can spread it all across right, society. Right. right, it, right. Is, it is a pan-societal uh, movement. Let me ask you this, Bonner. On for decades. The infiltration of uh, America's institutions and organizations and bureaucracies you lay out extremely well. Uh, that was that was a great uh, example for folks to grab onto and how the infiltration of this in our lives has happened, not overnight. It's happened over a longer period of time. So here's a hard question. I, I don't know you have an answer for it, but I, I think it's it uh, plays to this really well. Within these organizations, when you say, well, the AIA, that's not your grandfather's AIA, you're, uh, we, we get it. I mean, all these institutions fall into that category. The people who are instituting these policies, who are, uh, who are uh, screwing around with these uh, theories and these uh, Marxist tendencies, I wonder what the motivation of these people on a grand scale, are these people aware, in your in your opinion, of what they are exactly doing, or are they more so useful idiots for a bigger program? And they are uh, really the naivety is very clear, but they're being used in that way. Which is it, please? Uh, I think the vast majority are useful idiots. They don't really know how they are being manipulated in part because the manipulation began in their personal lives a long time ago. Hmm. Uh, the, the generation that's, uh, just to stick with the example of the AIA, uh, the generation that currently are members of the AIA were brought up uh, being uh, indoctrinated mm -hmm. uh, in school, both public schools and private schools, to think a certain way. And they were recipients of climate doctrine uh, and they probably began this as early as their you know kindergarten first grade second grade all the way uh, on through high school and into college <clears throat> they probably never encountered uh, anyone calling any of that in question so if someone comes along and says well because we're facing a climate crisis we need to do everything we possibly can to confront that crisis so as to save humanity. And one of the things that we as architects can do uh, is come up with uh, building codes and building materials that help uh, combat the climate crisis. Well, that's actually, if you think about it, a very appealing argument. And if over time you have never really been taught anything else, it's not surprising that you pick that up and say, hey, I'm on board with this. And who knows, uh, you may, in fact, have a very lucrative relationship uh, with a supplier of precisely those uh, uh, materials. And so here you have a very incestuous relationship that develops between, in this case, the AIA mm -hmm. and purveyors of climate-friendly materials that go into the buildings being constructed in the United States. So do these people really know that they're being manipulated? Mm -hmm. No, I'm sure the vast majority of them don't. But what we ultimately see uh, is uh, the result 
of this long march through the institution, an institution transformed from within so as to be part of something larger that yeah. will transform society yeah. and put an enormous amount of power and money into the hands of a, an incredibly small, narrow strata of society. Uh, this whole concept of infiltration and uh, the phrase I use, Jay, useful idiots uh, that Bonner picked up on and explained. He, I mean, I thought he was going to say that, but I wasn't sure. And I, I didn't want to assume anything or presume. So I put it out there to have him tell me really what it was. And, and that's my guess as well, that these people are being used. You know, I, I think about this a lot. I, I think about how we get into these traps, uh, Jay, and that and I wonder oftentimes the intellectual value of these people when I well, use the word useful me, idiots, you know. Malcolm, Malcolm, that term is brilliant, and I think I can add another layer uh, to it that will further explain okay, what what Bonner did. The kind of people in a society of physicists, chemists, geologists, medical groups that want to be on a board of directors are almost never the best and the brightest. They're people who want to a little more self-aggrandizement. Mm. And getting onto a board uh, is a way to do that. And they tend also to be yes men. They tend to be groupthink. They might have one day been a very good physicist or chemist or geologist or doctor, but their personality uh, led them to want more in their profession and getting on a board was the way to do it. So you have a certain personality uh, represented on, on boards across the world that are useful idiots. And it really only takes one rotten apple to spoil the barrel is saying everybody knows. So all it really takes is one member of every board and they're large enough that you get one subversive leftist liberal communist deciding to run for the board, recognizing how much he can advance his terrible politics of socialism and communism. So he runs for the board and manipulating the rest of the board as, as yes men, understanding their personalities as I just described them is very easy. And so that every single board, there really are no exceptions of all the professional groups, just like the architecture group that Bonner described mm -hmm. is subject to happening the exact same way. It's unbelievable. It was a shock to me uh, as a young uh, scientist just getting my PhD in 1964 and joining the Society of Physicists and chemists and geologists and and finding out slowly and shockingly when i found they were supporting the global warming scam this is something i was trained in spent decades learning that man has zero impact on the temperature of the planet and yet these boards were writing statements supporting the fact that we had a climate crisis and we should get rid of fossil fuels yeah
Yeah. All right. You're here, my friends, the voice there, Dr. J. Lair. Uh, now, as you know, Dr. J. Lair does a radio broadcast with Tom Harris, the other side of the story on America Out Loud Talk Radio every Saturday and Sunday. You hear that program uh, here at 11 a.m. Eastern time. But of course, as always, you hear it anywhere in the world on the iHeartRadio network or our free apps, Apple, Android, Alexa, or, you know, there's a million ways you can listen to the network here. Uh, so that's how you listen to more there. Uh, so we've got Dr. Jay Lear on with us today. We've also got a really uh, fascinating gentleman, uh, Bonner Cohen. He's a senior fellow at the National Center for Public Policy Research. Uh, so you, you've got two really bright guys. This is, you couldn't have a better conversation here. Two really uh, bright gentlemen here who understand uh, historically the problem and uh, what we face with today. Now, they co-authored this uh, brilliant piece, uh, these two pieces, uh, essays, How the Left Succeeded, right? There you go. And and the left, that's, when you say the left, keep in mind, that's that that, the, that means a lot of things. That you, know, you could use the word progressivism, you can use the word globalism, you can use the word Marxism, communism, socialism, that all fits into the left. What doesn't fit into the left anymore is JFK and the core of the Democrat Party, which we're talking about that part of the Democrat Party that is totally lost today. You know, what used to be called the blue dog Democrat. These people, are, you know, they're looking for, uh, you know, somebody else to tie their wagon to. It clearly is not the Democrat Party of today because they are the Marxist Democrat Party of today. They've been infiltrated, talking about infiltration again, which is the key word today. And that's part and parcel of the problem we're having today. They're representing themselves as a major political party in our nation, but they really are no longer that. Now, I point that out to you all the time, and I believe this political party that used to be called the Democrat Party is at its very end. I believe it's going to self-implode uh, very shortly ahead here, and we'll see how these next couple, three elections play out. It's, it's never about just one election. Anybody who tells you that, it's just rubbish. Uh, this country has a little more uh, uh, rubber elastic band to it than one election. I know every time we have an election, oh my God, this is the most important election. I'm so tired of hearing that statement, my friends. Every election is an important election in our country, to be sure. Okay, all right. So that's how this all plays out at this point. Now, today's broadcast is very important to me uh, because it shines a light where the real core of the problem is. It's the and, and this is what drives me crazy. Putting the truth right is these useful idiots, I call them. That's why I'm headlining today's broadcast with this. These are the cancer in our society. And these are people that, you know, I think Jay really followed up perfectly a moment ago. Uh, you know, really, though, come on. These are the people and I've seen these people when I was in the corporate boardroom as well. So I want to talk more about the COVID, the censorship, the disinformation board that the Biden regime was trying to put into place, but also why we think uh, how we can uh, expose these useful idiots, you see. And it's a real delicate thing, because if we make it personal, we tend they come back fighting harder because you're, you're then you're insulting them personally. You see what I mean? That's real hard to do, people, and still win the fight. So keep that in mind a moment, okay? It's, it's a very delicate thing because these people are littered. They're our friends. They're our associates. They're our people we rub elbows with in life. 
And it just is a fact. So finding the ingredients and how to solve this problem is really, really delicate. And maybe Bonner and Jay will have some, uh, uh, some recommendations there uh, about how to peel that onion <laughs> so we can get back to, you know, our lives and really turning that temperature down in the pot uh, down greatly uh, so that the frog can swim around beautifully. So, right. <laughs> Maybe that's what we're looking at here, friends. I don't know. Well, listen, uh, you're, you're listening into the voice of a nation here. And uh, I want to bring to your attention a brand new product. I'm super, super excited to tell you about this. Uh, and you've been hearing me talk, and really a lot of folks, you hear Dr. McCullough talk about it and others on the platform, uh, Genesis HOCL, HOCL being that amazing product, uh, the uh, Hypochlorus, which is 100% hypoallergenic, 100% non-toxic, safe for the kids, the pets, the plants. Uh, it's amazing, HOCL is, because it kills the superbugs, the viruses, the influenzas, uh, SARS-CoV-2, you better believe it, COVID stuff. It kills all of that. And what happens is HOCL, it's distributed through the Genesis Fogger into the room, and which is a household item and surely should be in every business as well. That item, the Genesis Fogger, has been tremendous. But there's a new product, a drum roll, please, I want to introduce you to, and it's called the UX4. The UX4, and this is stationary now, unlike the fogger, which you put on your shoulder and you can walk around the room or whatever it is and, you know, put a dry mist to kill all those. Because that's where this always was. The pathogens and the viruses and the influenzas and the SARS-CoV-2, they're in the air. It's not about the doorknob or the desktop. It's in the air. You're breathing this stuff in through your nose, into your mouth, gets into your respiratory tract, and then you succumb and get sick. That's why this is so important. The UX4 now is a brand new product. Uh, it's actually manufactured out of Japan, Seiko. And the first time it's available here in the United States uh, through Genesis HOCL. The UX4 stationary, it's an atomizer. It's an atomizer and uh, so very quiet operation. Uh, it's got a continuous protection. You put the HOCL in, it distributes it around the room. It cleans the air seamlessly. No effort on you whatsoever and gives you a clean environment. Now, tell me how exciting that is. And that is, and this is at a great price point as well. And better than that, our listeners get 15% off this atomizer, the UX4 or the Fogger, the Genesis Fogger, with the code out loud. Got to use the code out loud uh, or just go to genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud. And put that in and you get that discount as well. Or click the banner ad back at America Out Loud as well, my friends. But anyways, I highly recommend this. Uh, and it's a way to keep us healthy, keep your loved ones and your family healthy and, and thriving. And also with flu season coming, influenza, cold, a lot of people. Flu is a big problem. Uh, and pe people die from the influenza and it's, it's very risky. So this cleans all of that up, friends, kills the pathogens where they are in the air before they get into our respiratory tract and do harm to our bodies. Uh, so it's a whole lot of tools back at America Out Loud to help you keep safe and your family safe. Check them out, please, friends, our sponsored partnerships there. It, it makes for a more quality life all the way around. That's part of our goal here at America Out Loud, to keep you all happy and healthy and fight the good fight back here and all the things we're doing. 
Uh, we're going to take a quick pause here, and we'll resume again with the gentleman here with Jay Lear and Bonner Cohen in just moments here. Uh, you're listening to the voice of a nation. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. We are America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to the voice of a nation. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly. Always a privilege to be with you, my fellow Americans, and to our friends around the globe. Our broadcast is heard around the globe and on the iHeartRadio network, uh, surely, or our apps or many networks you can catch us on as well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. That's the signal. Liberty and justice for all. Um, so that's how you catch us there. And uh, you're listening here to the Voice of a Nation. Two very interesting gentlemen we have on today. I could not be more excited uh, to have both of these gentlemen. They're a whirlwind of knowledge and wisdom. 
Uh, we'll tack into, tackle into more of their wisdom in just ahead here. Uh, Bonner Cohen is here. First time I've met him, as you are now. He's a senior fellow at the National Center for Public Policy Research. And Dr. Jay Lear, one of our great patriots and part of our team here at America Out Loud. And he is just been such a gift, such a blessing to America Out Loud, uh, Jay Lear has uh, to tell you. He's a senior policy analyst with the International Climate Science Coalition. He was part of the Heartland Institute for many years, his science director there. Uh, his co-host of Other Side of the Story, plays on Saturday and Sunday broadcast on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Um, wonderful to have Bonner and Jay here both. Uh, we played that Kennedy clip, uh, President John F. Kennedy, that is, up front to the broadcast. If you miss that, go back and listen. And when this goes to podcast, be sure to do that and just let that resonate in your soul. It's 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 wonderful to hear some of our leaders uh, from uh, a bygone era and hear the tone. And it's almost like John F. Kennedy was talking to us today. You hear the words, you hear the certain words he uses, you hear the concern, the tone in his voice. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's remarkable to hear that and then think back, God, is he talking about us today? That's the power of technology and communications, friends. The press is under assault in America. There's no doubt about that. Uh, President John F. Kennedy alludes to that very much in that press speech. He alludes to it with the Newspaper Association. But again, today's world, that could be talking to the Internet board and the, the world governance of press and, you know, all of that. You know what I'm saying here? But recently, the uh, Biden uh, regime, it's hard to call them an administration. The people call it a cabal or a regime or whatever you want to call it. Um, I call it a cesspool of communist players. Uh, but beside the point, um, uh, you know, they were trying to get this disinformation board in place, remember, trying to uh, really control the press more and more, which is what Kennedy was referring to, which was a real cancer. Now, that and I, and I want to get Bonner to jump in here first on this as we come back here to the broadcast. And, and Bonner, this reference, I, I'd love to get your thoughts because we've never talked about this, you and I, and I'd love listeners to hear with your expertise this, what we just experienced through COVID, it's like we've been whiplashed with a, with a, with a massive accident in the intersection, and we're all turning our heads running, what the hell just happened? And we speak about the press on one side, we think about a lot of the disinformation and misinformation we've been experienced with COVID, which we've been front and center here with this fight at America Out Loud. How does this fit into the grand scale of things as we talk about the useful idiots today and the bureaucracy that you said so well is layered throughout our society. Speak about that, please. Those of us who have been in what we can call the climate wars for the past several decades, that is combating the narrative that is being imposed on actually the entire world, that man-made emissions of greenhouse gases and in certain agricultural practices are uh, leading to a catastrophic warming of the climate, which requires urgent action. Uh, this is a false narrative, and we can get into that later. But uh, those of us who have been combating that, recognizing the complete lack of any scientific basis whatsoever for that claim, were not the least bit surprised by the reaction of the U.S. government, uh, particularly our public health bureaucracies, as well as those 
with a few exceptions around the world, when COVID-19 came along. You mentioned disinformation. What did we see uh, very quickly when after the, uh, uh, the, the, the disease was recognized as a, a, a threat to a certain extent to public health? We saw that there was one way and one way only to deal with the COVID, namely uh, by listening to the CDC, listening to Dr. Fauci, listening to the FDA, and following their guidance. Part of that guidance and part of the practices that they kept out, and it was a key component, was to suppress any and all uh, debate over what to do about COVID. So if anyone complained about the efficacy of lockdowns, school shutdowns, mask mandates, and all of the other things uh, that we were told were absolutely necessary for the protection of public health, those parties were engaging in misinformation and were told to shut up or lose their job. Well, we saw the same thing with respect to the so-called climate crisis. Anyone calling that into question was a climate denier and was uh, undermining the public health of all the people on the, uh, in the world uh, because they were putting misinformation out. The purpose of this exercise is to suppress any and all dissent. That dissent must be suppressed because it calls into question uh, the wisdom of the ruling classes, the ruling elite uh, that is being imposed on the rest of us. This too has an interesting origin. Where did all of this come from? Well, back in uh, Joseph Stalin's Soviet Union, back in the 1930s, uh, a, a high-level functionary in the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, one Trofim Lysenko, uh, decided that the whole doctrine of genetics was absolutely false. That the, the notion that traits could be passed from parent to child was completely without scientific basis. Why did he do that? Well, because the Soviet Union at the time was in the midst of creating the new Soviet man. And this creature was going to be created from scratch. And there could be nothing inherited uh, in the child that was born from the parents. And anyone who called any of this into question, any self-respecting scientist in Moscow or any place else in the Soviet Union, quickly found himself being hauled uh, into uh, being severely interrogated, heading for the gulag, uh, killed, or what have you. That is what we now call Lysenkoism. Lysenkoism is government-imposed scientific doctrine, the calling into question of which is simply not allowed. Decades later, we find ourselves now in the midst of what we can call neo-Lysenkoism. That is, 
certain doctrines are to be accepted without question by the populace and hold as a whole as dictated by those in power be that with respect to what uh, the climate is doing or how to confront a disease such as covid what this does is that it uh, it obviously scares a lot of people it panics the population it suppresses dissent and this is exactly what happened in stalin's soviet union uh, 90 years ago, and we are seeing a modern rendition of that today. Here's an aside. I'm sure we have all seen <clears throat> that uh, the Russian army is having a lot of problems in Ukraine, problems that they hadn't anticipated. One of the many reasons for that is that Soviet science is actually what today's Russian science is actually well behind what you have in the West. They never really recovered from their own bout of Lysenkoism simply because scientific inquiry and scientific dissent was suppressed in the Soviet Union. What does that mean on the battlefield today in Ukraine? It means that the Soviet weapons are, uh, the Russian weapons of today, are inferior to their Western counterparts, mm. particularly when it comes to semiconductors. Uh, because scientific inquiry had been suppressed in the old right. Soviet Union, uh, they had nothing else better to do than to try to steal things from the West and steal it they did and that also included semiconductor technology it became however so absurd for a bunch of reasons uh chip technology uh develops very quickly uh what was developed in 1991 was obsolete by 1993 that again was obsolete by 1997 and so on in other words this you will never catch up with all the innovations going on if all you do is steal there was a joke that made its way through the soviet union in the late 1980s gentlemen our comrades uh we have just invented the world's largest microprocessor which, of course, defeats the whole process of having a microprocessor. But it does show where the suppression of scientific dissent can actually lead uh, from the nonsense of Lysenkoism to the 1930s to the inferiority of certain, uh, certain Russian weapons in the year 2022. If we allow this to take place in our own world, which is now undergoing uh, the transformation, the Gramsci-esque transformation that we were speaking about earlier, mm -hmm. we will see our own scientific expertise undermined simply because we don't allow contrarian views to come That's to exactly the fore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did you ever think you'd live uh, to see what we're seeing right now, Bonner? Uh, no, 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 no. And uh, it, it it is indeed frightening. Uh, yeah. Some of us may have thought, well, uh, this is just going to stay in the climate sphere right. uh, because we understand what the climate game is all about. It's right, about right. power. 
Right. Uh, it's about getting okay. control of energy because once you control energy, uh, you control the users of energy and the people who need energy. So it's a way to exercise That's power. It. And it. it's also a way to line the pockets of certain very right. well connected people. Right, right. Now right. we've For seen that go into healthcare where you're really right, right. playing. Uh, Russian roulette, no pun intended, uh, mm -hmm. with with people's lives. Okay, all right. For time purposes, now I want I want to get right to the point of this uh, with both of you, and that is, as we referenced earlier, th this is the important crux of this whole talk. Now, the useful idiots that we've talked about that are littered throughout society. And the government bureaucracies that are uh, that you both have laid out a very compelling uh, point of view uh, that they exist throughout. And these useful idiots are throughout these uh, all aspects of life, which I know, Bonner, you laid a terrific uh, summation of that. Uh, Jay, in the piece itself, let me get bring this to a head now and go back around with both of you in the remaining time here. Uh, you say in the piece, and this is important, uh, th uh, this uh, couple of quick sentences here, the left's control is a complete and utter charade. The prevalence of the left's worldview is an illusion constructed on lies told over and over by people in positions of power, authority, and influence. When the left's sacred tenets are questioned, belittled, or mocked, their legitimacy unravels quickly. Positive signs now exist with recent developments. Well, all right. I, I, you know, as we look at this now, Jay, what are those positive signs specifically? And, uh, you know, how are we pushing back against this? Because it, this is a tipping point we're at right now in society. Yes, we are pushing back, uh, Malcolm. We're seeing it in school boards all across the country uh, are getting tired of the parents are getting tired of the school boards dictating uh, poor education to their kids. Uh, very many people are familiar with the ESG movement, environment, social and governance uh, determines whether uh, investment should go to a company. Uh, we're fighting back in that. There's states saying that companies uh, can't base investment uh, on it. But the biggest uh, and the numbers of people that support uh, the left and this whole movement is actually very small. They want you to think that a significant portion of the public is supportive of what's going on, and it's not true. And we'll see that. You're right about saying, you know, no single election is the most important ever. But the November 8th election in the United States, think of it as a poll of the public as to whether they think what is going on is good or bad. And when the House shifts in a very large way, that will be an indication that the support for this underhanded mm. uh, institution movement is not what they're telling us. And what they're telling us comes through the press, which are all left. But the biggest positive uh, people, everybody, all our listeners have heard of the deep state. They think it's really something uh, in dark rooms, uh, levels below the surface, pulling the strings of government. It really is not. It's absolutely right out in front of it. And what it is, is that up until a recent Supreme Court decision, when legislation was passed to rule something going on in America, the legislation was vague and it went to some bureaucratic group that could fill in all the spaces so that all the legislation for the last 30 or 40 years has not been run by the Congress. 
It's been run by unelected bureaucrats that set all the rules that we have to live by. Well, a recent decision went to the Supreme Court. It was between the state of West Virginia and EPA regarding the way their coal-fired plants in West Virginia were to be controlled. And the, the Supreme Court said that the EPA cannot set rules that were not mentioned in the actual legislation passed by the House of Representatives. So their power, the power of the bureaucrats to make all the rules was taken away by the Supreme Court in that issue. But that single issue is going to spread in the coming years to all legislation dealing with all departments of the government. And little by little, people will recognize that the deep fate has been defanged. Uh, That's interesting. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the West Virginia versus the EPA and uh, that ruling, uh, which you even said at the time, was significant, Jay, uh, and would have long-reaching ramifications uh, within the bureaucracy. Um, in final thoughts, Bonner, uh, part of the cancer we are dealing with, which I'm uh, always talking about, is that layer of bureaucracy throughout the Beltway. It is it is a massive cancer onto our society. These people all are playing God with everybody's lives. And it, it, there's no more proper legislation being done anywhere between the courts, the judiciary and these bureaucracies. We're basically screwed as the American people because we're being bought down another road of chaos. And it's not anything we've ever experienced before to the magnitude of what it is. That ruling with the EPA that Jay points out there. And what is what is your thoughts, Bonner, as far as a glimmer of hope to expose this layer of bureaucracy on the useful idiots that live among us? The really great thing about the uh, West Virginia versus EPA Supreme Court ruling was that it told the entrenched bureaucracy in Washington, which is often in league with a uh, pro-regulatory regime such as we have in the White House now, that you cannot make stuff up out of whole cloth. If you want to impose a rule or regulation And let's bear in mind that each rule and regulation imposed by a federal bureaucracy has the force of law behind it. That if you're going to take that step, you must have specific authorization from Congress to do so. And if you do not have that, you have to go back to Congress and ask for it. Otherwise, your ruling is null and void. And that goes, as Jay said, well beyond coal uh, uh, factories, uh, coal plants in West Virginia and elsewhere. That applies across the board. What this does is it really puts a severe dent into the administrative regulatory state. Because the administrative regulatory state in the United States has become all powerful. This goes all the way back to the New Deal. Mm-hmm. And this, again, like the frog in, uh, in in the boiler, it's taken a long time for people to wake up to it. But all of a sudden, you realize that you have unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats in Washington, often in league uh, with political allies, uh, in, both in the, uh, the, in the environmental movement and elsewhere, imposing 
their particular view on the of the world on the rest of us and doing so with the force of law behind it the positive thing in all of this is that at least as long as the supreme court keeps the composition that it has now uh that has been brought uh several notches down they simply can't do it and that is a step a long overdue step in the right direction yeah, that certainly is. That that was a real big piece of today's talk, in fact. And, uh, you know, I like the way we uh, um, reference this uh, ruling here, friends, and the importance of it. We need to shine a light back more on that ruling, actually, now that I, I we're talking about it here in the light of day, and the importance of that to this layer of useful idiots, which is really, I, I think, the right tone that we've taken today in this very, very important talk uh, I'm so appreciative. And, you know, both of these gentlemen, I I could just sit and listen to them for hours and days, frankly. R- really, I really truly mean that. Uh, I've got to have them both back on again in this capacity of what we did today. Uh, Bonner Cohen, a senior fellow at the National Center for Public Policy Research. Uh, Dr. Jay Lear, senior policy analyst with the International Climate Science Coalition. Um, just really remarkable uh, discussion here. And which gets to the core of the problem, friends. So you've learned a lot now. You understand what's going on. We, I love being able to reference JFK and reference this piece of history and a lot of the warnings he put out there. But the buildup, as Bonner was explaining from the 1930s forward, the frog in the pot idiom that we talked about here is so uh, appropriate to today's conversation. Uh, and uh, exposing those uh, th- those useful idiots uh, respectfully <laughs> uh, for what they are exactly, um, and that's a really important piece of this thing here, friends. Uh, all right, so there you go. Uh, that's a wrap from here. Uh, but listen, have a jump in your step today. Know that we're on the case. Um, there is always a bright glimmer of opportunity if this is still the United States of America. Now, we will always continue the fight forward. That's part of our commitment here for liberty and justice for all. It's part of our goal and objective here as Americans uh, in honoring our Constitution and and, uh, and uh, the amazing work that our framers put together with this American experiment. And we continue on, friends. But thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time uh, to get involved and get loud, America.